It was the 29th of June, 1983, on a balmy evening in Singapore's Marine Parade neighbourhood. 42-year-old Lim Kee Sin and his partner 32-year-old Ong Ah Hong had just finished their dinner at a nearby hawker centre and were approaching his red Mitsubishi Lancer to go home. As they got into the vehicle, Lim would perform the usual procedures, unlocking the handbrake, shifting the gear from park to drive, but notice something amiss. The rearview mirror looks slightly crooked. Darling, your car smells different. Ong might have said. With slight trepidation, Lim reached out to adjust the rearview mirror, which was when he saw a face staring right back at him. Don't move, the man behind said. Lim could feel a cool, solid object pressed against the back of his head. In the mirror, he could see the outline of a familiar weapon. An M16A1 assault rifle, commonly issued to national servicemen across Singapore. Hey, that's from Army Cam, right? You know it's a serious offence to steal a gun, Lim might have said. Just give me everything you have. Don't play around with me. Scared for their lives, the couple followed the order and began emptying their pockets. Okay, okay, look, we don't want any trouble, Lim might have said, before tossing his belongings to the back seat. From the rearview mirror, Lim noticed the intruder to be in deep thought. His eyes were momentarily distant before snapping back to reality. The gunman then reached into his pocket and took out a bundle of plastic raffia string. Shortly after, police would discover the bodies of Lim Kee Sin and Ong Ah Hong at Salita Reservoir. Strangulation marks were observed on both of their necks, but because of the lack of clear leads, the case was then left unsolved. And yet, authorities would eventually find the culprit because the killer would show himself again and even admit to the crime in court. This, however, would only come after he had murdered three more. This is Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by OneUp Media. But first, a message from this episode's partner. Asia, it is the largest and most diverse continent in the world. But along the many beautiful tourist spots and attractions exist some truly interesting and sometimes downright horrifying true crime stories. Hi, my name is Christine Abrigana and I host Asia in the Shadows, a weekly true crime podcast. Every week on a Wednesday, I release true crime stories from all over Asia. I have covered cases from Japan, India, Hong Kong, the Philippines, South Korea, and so many more. If you're into true crime or if you just want to dabble here and there, then do consider subscribing to my podcast on platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts in order to get regular updates every time I release an episode. And now, back to Heinous. In the last episode, we met the Sik family's eldest son, Sik Kim Seong, who was chained with his brother, Sik Kim Wah, at home. In our research of the Marine Parade incident, we came across a report where the murderer mentioned that as he strangled his victims, a memory would come to mind. He was at the boys' home 
when someone was strangling him, he would say in court, At first, I felt discomfort. Then, it was very thrilling, as if the lights were being switched on and off. He would also be reported laughing almost like a psychopath when he was chained up as a child. (laughs) The question then was, which brother would become the laughing man? Kim Seong's blood was boiling. He hated his life, he hated society, and he hated his parents. Chaining me up for fighting? What a hypocrite, Kim Seong might have thought. He remembered his childhood with the disciplinarian that chained him and his brother Kim Wa up. Their father, Sek Yuan Chin. Kim Seong had no loving memory of him. He was always either asleep or non-existent. But from the hearing, Kim Seong would learn that his father wasn't just broke, he was also a terrible role model, if at all. Sek Yuan Chin was a heavy and compulsive gambler. While the records couldn't confirm this, we suspect that his gambling habit did two things. Number one, it drove the Sek family to poverty and forced their children to steal. And number two, it led to late nights that prevented the children from having any interaction with their father. The family would be devoid of money and love, all because of his gambling hobby. He would, however, claim that the late nights were due to him working the entire day as a shoe cobbler, without any particular mention of his gambling. Sek Yuan Chin would have left his family at Sembawang to go to Kuala Lumpur for work after divorcing his wife. Now his wife, Ho Mui Chai, Kim Seong's mother, seemed to be another contributor to his rage. Do you love your son? The deputy public prosecutor, Tan Seong Tai, asked Madam Ho Mui Chai. I don't know why he's like this. She replied, That's not my question, Madam Ho. Do you love your son? Madam Ho Moi Chai would give a long pause before saying, Of course. Madam Ho's replies in the trial might have summed up how she treated her children, with blame rather than love. In many more hearings, Madam Ho Moi Chai would claim that she couldn't be part of her children's lives because she was busy working to make up for her husband's failures. And yet, her hard work only seemed to translate to two or three dollars for all of her children's daily meal expenses. In return, Kim Seong would blame his parents' lack of love as another one of the factors contributing to his many missteps. So, let's see who you are, said the police officer, flipping through his profile. Sick Kim Seong, you are walking down a dangerous path here. It says that you spent a month in Queenstown Remand Prison for stealing a car three years ago. Then a year later, you were sent to the Singapore Boys' Home for theft. And now, you're not only caught for housebreaking, you are AWOL from booking back into camp? Kim Seong, we can't do much for you here. You would probably be in a boys' home or an RTC. He felt the same anger and his blood began to boil. But first, a message from our partner. Do you believe in ghosts? I told them straight. I said, uh, your room got ghosts. I want to change room. Are you attracted to spirits? Uh, it's a choice that I constantly make. I'm not going to go down that path anymore. Or are they attracted to you? What the f- 
from aliens to apparitions, hauntings to heebie-jeebies. That, that freaked me out, lah. That freaked me out, lah. We've got just the podcast for you. They saw a shadow of a person outside the window, and they were on the third floor. Join us on Radio Paranormal Singapore as we air and discuss your stories. The fan was spinning, but the power switch was not connected. Your experiences. I look away, and I look back at the rearview mirror. I'm talking about this now. My hair standing. <laughs> It's Timo and E.T. back with a new show of our own. Radio Paranormal Singapore. Available on podcast platforms everywhere. Now back to Heinous. Following his multiple offences, Sik Kim Seong was sentenced to an RTC for the next two and a half years. The incessant neglect, delinquency and anger had finally caught up to him and he would once again be held down to his surroundings, much like how he was chained alongside his brother not too long ago. And yet, curiously enough, this was also where Kim Seong's story took a drastic turn. During his time in reformative training, he began to pick up a keen interest in reading, a luxury that he couldn't afford in the outside world. Through the pages and the stories that he immersed himself into, he reflected upon the terrible choices that he had made, the relationships that he had ruined, and the bleak prospects that lay ahead of him. And so, when he learned of the various vocational training programs offered by the RTC, Kim Seong made a decision that would ultimately set his fate. I'm going to become an electrician. I'm going to change my life. Over the next two and a half years, he would spend his days learning how to fix appliances and his evenings fixing his temper and his mindset. He would have probably spent countless hours replaying all the moments of anger and fury in his head, all the times he resorted to violence and the changes that he would have to force upon himself moving forward. Slowly but surely, what felt like a lifetime of anger and injustice began to dissipate. And Kim Seong knew that the rest of his life would never be like his childhood. However, despite all of the progress that Kim Seong had made, he still had one nagging worry that he couldn't let go of. His brother, Sik Kim Wa. You see, the Sik brothers were similar in the most terrible of ways. Both were temperamental, impulsive, aloof, and quick-tempered. But while Kim Seong worked hard on himself to change his future, Kim Wa was instead on course to change history by becoming someone greater than Lim Ban Lim. <laughs> <laughs> In the next episode, we'll learn how the strangulation of the couple by Marine Parade was unfortunately only the tip of the iceberg for Sek Kim Wa. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. If you would like to share some feedback, or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, you can reach out to us via email at heinous at oneupmediapodcast.com or through our Instagram or TikTok page at heinous underscore oneupmedia. This episode of Heinous was researched, produced, and written by Yo Gong Jin with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks as well to executive producers Danny Cordy and Barry Toh from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of heinous.